What's up and welcome to Difficulty Class, a show where we gather around this podcast table in your ears and talk about some Dungeons and Dragons. Each week, we, or a listener like you, writing into difficultyclass at gmail.com, come up with a topic, question, encounter, or anything else somehow related to RPGs, and we have some fun talking about them. I'm one of your hosts, Trevor Bettis, and with me this week is... Anthony Joyce. Hey, thanks for having me on, Trevor. Appreciate it. Uh, I'm excited to be here. Heck yeah. And uh, yeah, Anthony's here to talk about all the awesome things that you are working on and have done. Not to you know inflate your, your, your presence here at the beginning, but it should be because you're awesome. Um, Thank you. But f- but some people, and uh, if they do, they haven't listened to all the show, and I and, and I know who you are, listeners. I don't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if if uh, for people who don't know who you are, Anthony, just what is the what is the the elevator pitch of you? So I'm mainly an adventure designer for D and D adventures on DM's Guild, and I really enjoy like solo adventures or fun poppy adventures, and I do some adventures league adventures as well. So if you're into adventures. Uh, that's what I do. I'm not into the mechanics really in subclass design, but if you're looking for a good time with adventures, that's I'm your guy. And you're also now a podcaster. I, I'm getting my feet wet. I'm a baby <laughs> podcaster. <laughs> baby <laughs> podcaster. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm always gets me excited. Like I, I was, I was talking with uh, Lauren Urban uh, recently. Uh, Oba Lauren on Twitter. Um, she said something that was like us podcasters got to sit together. I'm like, hell yes, that is my favorite thing. Yeah. Is just talking with other podcasters. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, so uh, Anthony, I mean, we, we listeners, I hope know you from uh, the the Blood Hunter episode because that was like that was when you and I first talked, and you were so awesome and kind to uh, to give us a copy before it even came out, so that we could uh, prep that episode uh, for the, the the adventures release. And that thing, I love that thing. I still think about that adventure, and it was. <laughs> It was just three hours of a night. <laughs> it was fantastic. Well, Ali did a great job running it. I remember listening to that episode and it blew me away. You all were the chemistry was great. The, it was cinematic. So <laughs> I can't give accolades, you know, enough for how good it was done oh. under your show, you know? Okay, be, be, because because you're here and you're the one that made it, I, I actually have to pull the curtain back a little bit. And I don't know if Ali and I have talked about this on the show. Okay. So we started recording it. And we got all the, and you know, I had that awesome moment at the beginning where I rolled a crit on the, on the first attack. I was like, Oh my God. (laughs) So we got through that. And then I looked at the audacity as it was running and there was something off about it. And I went, Oh no. So I, I said, Hang on, let's pause. And I, we paused it and went back and listened. And the audio was terrible like oh. i sounded like i was 30 feet away from the mic and Allie sounded like she was recording through tinfoil oh no oh, so no. then so we had to stop the whole thing figure out what was going on start recording again and we tried to like okay we're just gonna do exactly what we just did and i was like i don't care what i roll i'm keeping that crit okay yeah yeah i <laughs> so had no then, idea that you guys did i mean it sounded natural well, kudos well here's the thing then it broke again. We recorded that intro three times, oh. but on the third one, I rolled the crit again. That to me, it was. It was every time I listen to it now, I just remember the moment where I'm having to just keep the normal level of I rolled a crit, but really, Ali and I are just pointing at the box like, "Can you freaking believe this?" <laughs> That's awesome. Oh. 
that, wow. that night that night was a blast it was that's, an absolute blast that's great i love it um but yeah i you know i uh, listeners are probably used to it by now because uh this is the so far the year of guests uh but i love starting off an episode talking about how the guests got into tabletop or RPGs because it's this good starting off point of like connection like well, this is the both this thing that we both like yeah absolutely so how, how'd you get into that so I got into Dungeons and Dragons back in 2015. That was I've never played it before, but I always grew up a huge nerd, uh, avid fan of RPGs and stuff like that. And I had always seen the books and mm-hmm. I knew about it from, you know, cultural shows and whatnot. Um, but I had no one to play with. So 2015 comes around. 5e is just coming out. They got the core set and I get notified that I'm going to deploy uh, to Iraq and Kuwait with the whole ISIS thing that's going on. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know if there's going to be any power out there. I don't know if the, the living conditions are going to be. So I say, well, you know what? I'm going to buy these books. I could take that. Oh, with my me. gosh. And um, on their downtime, this is what I'm going to use to keep my, uh, you know, kind of memory and imagination going and, and having fun out there. So I brought it. There was a soldier of mine who had played third edition. He's like, hey, sir, because uh, I was a company commander at the time. So I'm leading my company out there. Say, hey, mm-hmm. sir, uh, I know how to DM and I'll, I'll show you the way of the the dark ways you know <laughs> so, so uh we took it out there and every weekend we had us on sundays we had a small group of soldiers we would play uh fifth edition and he would dm for us and i kind of that was the first campaign i ever played and when i got back uh from the desert i started uh dming myself and i have been a dm ever since and i got into design in 2018 i was looking at that sexy dwarven forge stuff <laughs> and i needed a way to afford it you know so I, 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 my wife's like i don't want you buying all that stuff you know it's expensive because it costs a lot of money so i came up with this idea i said hey i, I found this website dm skilled i can uh write and make adventures and sell it and then i'll i'll use that money to buy the dwarven forge right that was my whole plan mm-hmm. and to this day i i don't think i have bought any dwarven forge I just keep <laughs> reinvesting the money in uh adventures and art and all that stuff and see a few project. beetle and grims back yeah there, oh so yeah, I, I, yeah it's going there too yeah. <laughs> oh yeah beetle and grims you know justice who i collaborate with a lot you yeah. know he he carries a big stick if I don't buy it. <laughs> so, yeah. I finally got to buy the, the Strahd box this year. I was oh, like, there you go, Justice. I'm supporting yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for, for, first off, thank you for your service. I That is an amazing story. Like, this is one of the things I love. The, everyone's got a different story for how they got into RPGs. And that is an absolutely amazing one. That that's, you know. That's what you did over there when you you had everything else going on and you had tabletop RPGs to come back to. That's yeah, uh, that's amazing. Um, so what? Well, out here. So were you were you all running the the starter kit? We ran. No, he just he did a homebrew uh, campaign for him. Uh, really straight up homebrew. Uh, and I when I did get back though, I did run uh, the starter kit. That was the first thing I ever ran as a DM. I loved it, and I have been mainly a virtual tabletop dm you know pre-covid because in the mm-hmm. military you're you're always moving oh you're, yeah you're pcsing so you're far away from your friends all the time uh, so virtual tabletop play has always been my main source of D uh dming or playing and well, i we might I, maybe we'll get into a little bit more about that uh later on yeah <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um yeah no i i i i have the same thing my group uh we were all on discord prior to to covid because i i mean my brother-in-law is in scotland so oh, wow. <laughs> we're yeah. not all in the same place <laughs> um so 
so yeah, that I, 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 it's always fascinated me with the amount of time going between someone starting D and D and uh, DM's Guild because uh you know in in my head i'm like oh no i can't do it yet i i need to prep i need to get everything ready i need to know the and and, and then when i hear this like i've 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 legit met people who's like i played one game of D and then started making dms go i'm like what yeah. what is my excuse yeah <laughs> i'll tell you uh, a dirty little secret and that is that designers you know i don't think we're good because we have a encyclopedia type knowledge of the rules mm-hmm. okay you just if you have a, a good understanding of writing narration a good narrative story uh things like that before you get into like subclass and really crunchy design mm-hmm. you, i think anybody can do it you don't even really have to have played D if you know the actual story kind of like way to write that uh, and then you just kind of reference the rule set in D mm-hmm. beyond so there are people who will put me to shame. They'll be like, you don't know these spells or what subclass does what? Like, I don't know that stuff. Like, I, you know, I really have to rely on like the source material for that. Um, so it's not, yeah, there's no secret to it. And you don't have to have been a lifelong D&D player mm-hmm. or DM to even start doing that stuff. So yeah, I challenge you dive right in and just, and do it. And you'll be surprised. I, you know? I, I, I think that like, this is such a weird thing, but I think the thing that like kind of keeps me from doing it is, I get caught up with like formatting. Oh, where I'm like, how do I, how do I write this? Like, do I need to do this? For, and then like, I get, I get all caught up in my own head and then I'm not actually writing anything. It's, it feels like just when I, just when I was started writing books, like I'd get caught up with like, well, no, how do I do the plot? Like, how does this work? And then like, I, I would just sit there staring at a blank page for hours. <laughs> it, it, you know, that's the cool thing about uh, DMs Guild when you're using the different uh, license sets kind of unique from the OGL, mm-hmm. you can reference, uh, you could look at other people's work and even Watsy books and look at how they phrase in their, in their writing guide, their style guide. And that helps you phrase everything correctly. So like when I first started writing this stuff, I looked at the style guide that Watsy has on DM skilled. Uh, and it tells you exactly how to like phrase specific things. Like if mm-hmm. you're going to make a saving throw or an attack or, or whatnot. And so, just use that as a skeleton and then plug and play. Boom. Plug and play. Okay. Yeah. I might give that a shot. Yeah. I, I, I've wanted to, I've wanted to do one of those for the longest time. Like, honestly, since I started talking to, to you and justice, I'm just like, nah, I got to try it. I want to do this. I want to give it a shot. And you can always look, I'm here, man. So you hit me up. I'm going to tell you, you know how to uh, do see, it. Yeah, like, I, yeah. I'm the kind of dude that's always just like, I don't want to bug anyone. <laughs> no, that's what we're here for. We like talking about this stuff. You know, like like you said, you always like talking to a podcaster. Well, we like talking to designers too, you know. That's yeah, fair. That's go. fair. Yeah. Well played. Well, uh-huh. pl- you're uh-huh. using my own logic against me, Anthony. <laughs> well played. Um, so so what, what was the first uh, thing that you, what was the first adventure that you made uh, yeah. for DMs Guild? I made the heir of Orcus. And as you can see, I'm wearing an Orcus shirt Ah. (laughs) all all coming together. Yeah. So I made a series for adventures league, uh, using, they had a community content program, uh, back then. And if you work with a convention, you can make an adventure and people can play an adventures league. And so again, being military, not having a steady group all the time, I also got started in adventures league pretty early on. So I could actually, play a character in, in a campaign and not have mm-hmm. uh, it kind of fall out, if you will. Mm-hmm. So I said, hey, uh, I figured that there was a customer base there because these 
adventures, there's only so many of them and people need to play them to level up their people. So I said, okay, I, I at least I know I'll have some uh, market there. So I mm -hmm. jumped into Adventures League first. And I believe if you're getting new into D&D writing and design, I found it very helpful because Adventures League has a very strict formatting requirement and a lot of rules of what you can mm -hmm. and can't do. And while it seems cumbersome, it actually helps get your mind right for like okay. how to write you know, in that specific style that kind of mimics Watsy. And then when I broke away from Adventures League, I was able to kind of retain some of that uh, understanding and learning that I had gone through with the AL stuff. And okay. I think it helped me out. So, yeah. And uh, and you you did a couple of the Arab Orcuses, right? Or yeah. Was that, or was that all part of it? That's a, Yeah, there's four separate adventures that I did over the span of a year. So verses, they're in verses instead of parts. And there's mm -hmm. Air of Orcas first one and two. That was the first adventure I made. It's actually two, but I did them at the same time. Okay. And, and then I did three and four uh, the next year. That's awesome. And yeah, the, the, the Air of Orcas verse four is the one that I've seen the most. And the artwork on that one is just, it's so creepy <laughs> and cool. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's all Cthulhu, Far Realm stuff and weird. Yeah. And, and so they all have different vibes. You know, your verses one and two are your classic kind of adventure, high adventure. Oh, it's, it's got the it's got a doom font to it. I've seen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a doom item in uh, verse two you can get. And then uh, verse three is like a cyberpunk. If you play it, it's like the art is all cyberpunky and and it's like kind of like Blade Runner, a little bit of Alien. It's pretty cool. Yeah. That's it's badass. Fun. I love it. I love it. Oh, okay. Oh, I see verse one now. It, it was hiding from the rest of them. It's yeah. got le <laughs> that Legend of Zelda look. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you were you doing those ones on your own or were you working with other people then? No. So my I initially just started on my own um, and I ref I used a lot of the Adventures League adventures that current that did exist at the time as kind of like references to going back to your original thing of how to write in this style, mm -hmm. how to do the formatting. So I learned through referencing other people's work uh, and kind of mimicking that in my own in terms of the style and the, and the style guides. And then I commissioned art from some artists that I had liked their stuff on like Roll20. Uh, Desurion is the one who did the pixel art. And I like that kind of Nintendo graphic vibe. Uh -huh. So I, I hired him. And, and he made all the art for the project and it was a good, it was fun. And the good thing is you can, you know, make your money back and make a little bit extra on top of that. And you're helping other creators to, mm -hmm. you know, fund their art and their creation. And it's a great time. I really enjoyed the whole process, you know, and I started collaborating, um, a, a while after that, the, in 2019 is when I first started doing my main collaboration projects. And I believe the first one I did was, uh, Weekend Estrades. That was the first one I had another author involved with. Well, you, uh, you made that perfect segue for me because I was going to start talking about collaborations. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the uh, you, Weekend Estrades is the like I was saying before we started recording. That was the one that where I first found out about you. Hit that follow button, and <laughs> I, I, I that I think that's the first time like I was so pumped for a dms guild release like i was checking your twitter to see when it was coming out <laughs> and i yeah. bought it the day it was released uh and that one was just such a blast <laughs> you know so that one i worked with uh oliver darkshire on and then uh gordon mcalpin as well he did all the art and the layout it's phenomenal the and art is just so good yeah it, it was 
I had this fever dream one night. I just like woke up in sweats in my in my bed, <laughs> and I'm like, "Wait, we can have Bernie's, but with straw." <laughs> genius! It would be genius, you know. So my wife, my wife's like, "What the hell are you talking about? This crazy." See, so, what was great, though, is that yeah. Twitter basically had that same reaction with oh. you when you announced it. Oh. They're like, why did no one think <laughs> yeah. of this yet? <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty cool. Uh, you know, Chris Perkins himself, he also uh, yeah. you know, liked it, retweeted it, and it got a lot of traction. Yeah, and, and we so then it was kind of like game on. Uh, mm-hmm. I had a lot of hype to live up to, and it's just a fun adventure. I mean, I wanted something where, and I think this is kind of why I get to, I like to do like the one-shot adventures. I wanted to be simple. I wanted to be like, "Hey, Grandma's coming over. She doesn't know what the hell D and D is. But let's have it. Let's let's like play it, you know? Because these are like just fun. They're kind of simple when you really look at mm-hmm. them, and they could. They're just you laugh and you have a good time. And I think that's the beauty of like introducing people to D and D. Is like this is not some you know overly complicated, mm-hmm. you know, super nerdy. You need to know what like wizards and mages are per se. Like you just need to come and have fun, and yeah. then like boom, you're gonna have a great time. Uh, uh listeners yeah. if any of you introduce your grandmother to D with weekend at straws please write in i need to know <laughs> <laughs> um so so was uh was blood hunter the next one that you did so let's see yeah uh so no after weekend at straws i started collaborating with uh justice uh back in in 2019 and in, in late 2019 there with fall of elterel and that was where that's right that's right yeah so descent into avernus came out and we had been seeing on Twitter and reading the book ourselves, there was a lot of uh, consternation about the opening parts of that adventure. Mm-hmm. And so we said, hey, um, why not fix it? And we'll do our own opening adventure for Descent into Avernus and we'll see how that goes. So we made Fall of Elturel and we kind of tied it in also with Horde of the Dragon Queen because mm-hmm. that deals with Baldur's Gate. And it was it. So it worked out great. Justin and I, we worked well together. Uh, we we got along very well. Gordon was a part of that project as well. And we produced it. And I think it, it's gotten it's over a platinum uh, bestseller. People love it. Uh, so I, I really like that about DM skill, too, is you're allowed to work with the Watsi IP and mm-hmm. you can literally make these, you know, uh, kind of supplemental products to the actual hardcover adventures that come yeah. out and, and really expand upon that. It's really fun. I I remember that one coming out and, you know, like I, I'd been reading yours and, and Justice's uh, work by then. But the like when I opened that one up and it not only like had y'all's vibe, but it just looked like a D&D supplement. I was blown away. I'm like, this this is this is a level above. This is incredible. Yeah, um, that's all funny. Gordon. That's all Gordon. So he's a great uh, graphic designer. If anybody is looking for somebody out there for that. Oh uh, yeah, the, he he did a phenomenal job. Uh, fun, funny enough, I actually uh, on a Discord channel that I'm on, someone was talking about Descent into Avertus, and they were like, "Yeah, I really didn't like the intro of it, and I found this really cool starter adventure for uh, on DMs Go." I'm like, "Guarantee you, I know which one it was." <laughs> <laughs> nice, it's awesome. It was they 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 had nothing but good things to say about. it. I was like, "Heck yeah, that's awesome." Yeah, and that and that goes to show you that you know if you're out there and you're a designer or you're an aspiring designer and you see mm. that there's a gap to be filled, you can do just as good a job as anybody else um, out there. Cause a lot of times behind the scenes with wizards of the coast, there's reasons why they have to cut things from their final books. Yeah. Uh, so they can get a little bit wonky and you're like, why the hell is it like this? And it, it could be due to page count. It could be due to, you know, some other obscure kind of thing. 
And so you have that playground in DMs Guild to kind of build your own plug and play piece for it. So, oh yeah, I I, I love that. <laughs> like the the fact that it, DMs Guild lets you make. Like, like, like you said, like make the supplemental things to those adventures. It like, I think that was, I think that's one thing that I, I thought at the beginning, I'm like, I have to do my own original content, but the, the fact that they let you play around with what they've done or even what they have coming out and add mm -hmm. to it. And you get a new angle from someone else who isn't working at Watsi and might have a, a really cool idea for this adventure. I, I love that about DMs Guild. And it's something that I didn't ever think that we would get. Like uh, starting, I like I started with D&D &D in 2011 and with the uh, uh, fourth edition. Mm -hmm. And this, I never thought that this would exist and that Watsi would be cool with people, you know, playing with their toy box. Yeah, <laughs> it's a great, they're doing great from a business model perspective. I mean, DMs Guild is making tons of sales, doing really good bringing in a lot of talent and, uh, mm -hmm. and you know, with, with the talent that comes in, they're doing, there's some people doing some really cool stuff that gets a whole different type of audience and demographic involved. And so they're bringing them into D and D and then they're bringing them into the Watsy kind of line of products as well. Mm -hmm. So it's a win-win for everybody. Um, so the, 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 the place, the, the one that are the two that I wanted to talk about because they, in my mind are just so grandiose is Elminster's candle keep companion and dark hold secrets of the Zentarum. <laughs> that was wow. Like it, it was like every time you guys just like stepped it up. Yeah. And what, what was it like getting that team together and everything for it? Like where, where was the initial idea? So after Fall of El Terrell, so if you if you look, you'll see the genesis here. So we did Fall of El Terrell, then we did, mm -hmm. uh, and we, I'm saying Justice and I, and then we did uh, City Encounters for Baldur's Gate, okay? Mm -hmm. So we're kind of going through Descent into Avernus at this time, and we're looking at all the gaps, okay? We say, okay, the beginning is a gap. Uh, in the city itself, people want to do more in Baldur's Gate. There's not a lot in the book to, to do, so we're going to do the encounters. And then we said, okay, what's next? Well, Candlekeep. You go to Candlekeep. Mm -hmm. in uh in in the adventure but there's really nothing to do there so yeah. we're like what the hell like candle keep such a cool place it's so iconic in D. &D. we have this adventure and now we have the new candle keep book coming out uh, <laughs> yeah. you know yeah so uh you know you can see how important candle keep is within the yeah. D &D universe so um we just said okay we're gonna put together a super cool team and uh we reached out to empty black we reached out to, you know, Ed Greenwood. We reached out to just, I mean, Teos uh, Abadia, who's done uh, Acquisitions Incorporated design. So we, we got a plethora of folks involved. Um, we got some as consultants on the lore because we said, okay, Candlekeep is a lot of lore. We got to get this right. Mm -hmm. And uh, M.T. Black, he's actually one of the authors on, D on Descent into Avernus. So we said, okay, he mm. should have some insight into Candlekeep. And we, we just started nugging this thing out justice and i and saying okay what do we need to talk about and talk to ed greenwood what is candle keep uh you know what is all the lore and and so as crazy as it is there is no consolidated place of lore for candle keep okay <laughs> which is nuts half of it's in ed greenwood's head yep. so we have to like preserve his brain uh, so that we don't lose it the other half was kept on a old website called like the candle keep forums and justice I don't envy him. His job 
was to go on this website and it's like a little scroll the size of like three inches by three inches on your screen and you have to like scroll it's like one of those like old geocities websites yeah, you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah and he, he's like he's like scrolling through this thing like reading all this archaic lore about candle keep and yeah but come on like yeah. just just from the just from what i know of just he loved uh, that oh he did <laughs> you know he like he had totally immersed himself in character oh, as, yeah. a, as a monk with like a little candle <laughs> Reading in the dark, you know. <laughs> I just, I just yeah. imagine him in this dark room. He's got this little handheld <laughs> candle next to the screen. Yeah. Samantha walks yeah. by, and just shakes her head. Yeah. There's, there's chanting going on in the background, you know. <laughs> like, so yeah, he he would complain to me about that thing all the time, and I told him I said, and here's how you know he does like to get into character. I said. Dude, I went on the website. I went into that little scroll. I controlled A and I copied everything and pasted it in a Word doc. He's like, I can't do that. That's cheating. You know, I got to oh I have to God. do blood, sweat, and tears. There. So um, <laughs> we now this is interesting because Candle Keep actually came into the, the development uh, right as COVID happened. Mm. And when COVID happened, um, I got pulled. I'm, so I'm an army strategist. That's what I do. Uh, I do like uh, policy, big strategic type stuff for the for the army. And when COVID happened, they pulled me into the Pentagon to do their COVID task force. So I'm doing COVID, you know, task force. The army's like responding to COVID, and then I have to like come out in the hallway and my 15 minute break I get once every 12 hours and like call justice. All right, we need to make these changes on the Kendall <laughs> Keep Companion. We gotta add this stuff, you know. So like it was uh, a stressful time for obvious reasons with COVID. Uh, and then we had this big project that was kind of coming to its completion, right? As it mm -hmm. was uh, peaking in April. So we ended up releasing it in April. Uh, Gordon, again, did the design. You, it looks like a Watsy book. It's like- Yeah, it does. Freaking amazing. The art was done by Grimm uh, Press. They provided all the art uh, with Bob. It, so the art's all custom. Uh, it's just a beautiful, that is like, a premiere that product. the yeah. map in that book ah. i my jaw dropped so let me bring up the map because that was so there has never been a map of candle keep ever done mm -hmm. part, part of that we found out through our research was candle keep it to be depicted as it is imagined by ed greenwood is extremely complicated it, it's too hard to draw they said um so marco bernardini he reached out to me on twitter i i didn't know marco at the time and he said, "Hey, uh, I'm in. I'm an Italian. I'm in, living in Italy. I lost my job because of COVID. I'm out of work, but I do cartography. And if you need me, uh, please reach out." So he tagged me and like three other creators. And I was talking to Justice because we had been talking about a map for Candlekeep, and we initially said we're not going to do a map. It's too ambitious. Uh, it's too hard to do right. So mm -hmm. we were not going to do a map. Then I saw Marco's message, and I said, "You know, hey." justice uh this guy marco reached out to me in italy and you know talked about covid and you know everybody was just italy was getting hit hard at that time yeah you know, i was following all the the news and in the pentagon we we're kind of keeping track and because we have an army base over there and uh it was just bad so you know we said hey i i saw uh one of his maps marco's maps i said you know he has really good artwork why not let's uh work with him so we uh brought him on board on the team and the dude crushed it like yeah. his map whole i was like what is this mark he hand drew that map by the way like Holy not on a tablet like he had a pencil and he hand drew it and he would send me pictures i'm like who is this guy marco <laughs> like 
who are you? Wow. And um, yeah, I mean that map, it, you know, it was sent out to people at Watsi at Greenwood. It, uh, they were all blown away. Like what, who the hell is like, this guy? Like legitimate. I remember the night I, I, I bought the supplement and I just sat there for probably a good 15 minutes, just staring at that map. Like I, I, w- I was that meme from parks. Right? I've been staring <laughs> at this for five hours. <laughs> so what's really cool about Marco's maps. And I'll tell you a little secret. So you can go look at this as an Easter egg, but in all his maps that he's done with us, he leaves um he'll take something about us or anybody on the team everybody on the team and he'll kind of incorporate that into the map and their name so if you zoom in on the map for example there's a tower that at the top it has a pentagon shape and he did that because i was working at the pentagon oh for COVID, my gosh and it has anthony written you could handwritten in there and you can so if you zoom in like really really close that's the level of detail that that's Marco incredible does. yeah he's insane really good oh. <laughs> uh and, and there you know there's some other ones like i think mt black since he's a you know one of the biggest authors there's a tower that has a book that's open on it and you'll see mt black in the book it's pretty, pretty cool i think yeah. actually you know what i think i noticed that one yeah that rings yeah. i remember there being a book and me knowing something about it yeah. yeah um yeah i i mean i was running descent into avernus at the time i i used the supplement i i used stuff out of it made that scene mean more and i and I, I sent the map to my players and like that whole thing made that moment and that start to going into Avernus way much, way more of a bigger deal than it is in the book itself. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I, I love that thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't glad. gotten to, I haven't gotten to use uh, secrets of the entire yet, but I, I have plans that may involve things mm, from there. Yes. My players are listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> So yeah, that that one, uh, the Zentarm one came out pretty soon after that one, like relatively. Yeah, we had literally finished up uh, Candle Keep, and then MT Black said, "Hey, uh, I want to be on board with your next project because he had a lot of fun doing Candle Keep." Mm-hmm. Um, and just by the way, so MT Black had a whole chapter in Candle Keep and Adventure yeah. for the Candle Keep part, director's cut, pretty cool thing. <laughs> so he's like, "Hey, I want to do Dark Hole with you guys." So. And then Ed at Greenwood, he's like, yeah, we need to do Darkhold. And he actually, actually, we said, Ed, what do we need to do next? He says, we need to do Darkhold. That is a place that I've wanted to be expanded upon. Oh uh, the Paragos, Fazul, Manchun. And so we're like, all right, let's do it. The, the man said it. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, Ed says, let's do it. So we got together one hell of a team. I mean, the, the credits on that book, mm-hmm. uh, are amazing. We got a lot of uh newer writers at the time like sadie lowry you know noah grand was on, yeah noah was on there Brittany hay we had gabriel hicks uh amber litke jessica markram kiana shaw who's on the new candle keep book uh celeste conowich oh one of the authors from icewind dale so i mean this book was like the powerhouse of who's mm-hmm. who and then marco comes back with his freaking amazing maps and he did too and we have Gordon on board and um, that book's big. It's 112 pages. God, it is like, again, we wanted it to be a Watsy level. Like you can go into a store and buy this on the shelf from Wizards of the Coast. Like that was mm-hmm. the kind of quality we wanted. And we wanted to also pay all the contributors. Well, our, our goal was to aim for 10 cents a word for everybody. So this is important because 
DMs Guild's becoming a place where small time folks like you know me and Justice and MT Black, we're not a publishing house, uh, but we're paying publishing house wages, which mm. is really cool uh, for for creators. So that's what's really neat to see on here. And then when you do that, you retain talent in the community, and then yeah. you get quality like you're seeing with these products uh, that that's passed on to the consumer to just be blown away with how awesome it is. So you all are doing an amazing freaking job. Like <laughs> no joke. I, I, the way I described this, uh, the candle keep one to someone was, uh, if Watsy announced that they were going to put it in stores tomorrow, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and the fact that you, you guys are getting this group together and, and like you said, paying a public publishing house wages, that is phenomenal. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I love it. I'm so happy that you all are doing this. And I, I still cannot believe, like, when I saw Ed Greenwood's name on this, I'm like, what? So it's that, like, because I, I, I know that if you, I know y'all, if you had made it, it would still would have been good, but I know you would have had folks who's like, yeah, but like, that's what <laughs> you made. And now you'd be like, no, this is Ed freaking Greenwood stuff. <laughs> yeah. And I'll, I'll say some things, you know, for, for Ed is, uh, you know, I mean, as a person, he's amazing in terms of he's mm -hmm. kind hearted. He, he sees the realms, the forgotten realms as the people's realms, if you will. Um, he, he does not take ownership in that way. Like, ah, don't touch the realms and change it up. He's saying, hey, if you have a good idea, change it up, make it different. And we did that with Darkhold. We actually re revised some of the old lore about one of the characters because it was outdated. And it was a female character. Um, and it was back in the day when it was you know, misogynistic yeah. uh, depiction. So Ed was like, yeah, let's change this up. And we did. Um, and he's, he's so, he has so much information in his head. So <laughs> I'll, we'll write an email to Ed. Hey, Ed, um, we're trying to figure out, you know, what's in the tower at Darkhold. And he'll go. And 30 minutes later, you get this email that's like, 10 pages long. It's like <laughs> back a thousand years ago. There was, <laughs> what the hell is this? You know? So he's like, just, he is just like a walking. Yeah. He is, he is the forgotten realms in his head. And he just like spews out on the page when you, I, uh, talk I, I do, uh, I do another show, uh, for champions of, uh, I do champions of lore for idol champions. Yeah. Erin yeah. Evans is on there and you know, she's really good friends with Ed. And so I've just heard these stories of like him. They're just hanging out and it's just like, let me tell you about this <laughs> yeah. place in the forgotten yeah. realms. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Oh, that's fantastic. Actually, the, <laughs> I, I, haven't, I haven't said this one on the show. Uh, Ed Greenwood started following me on Twitter uh, last year because I didn't know that he was watching the first episode of Champions of Lore because Aaron was on it. And I didn't know he was there. And we talked about Ed Greenwood. I'm like, the only way that I have uh, interacted with Ed Greenwood is by tweeting at him, notice me, senpai. And that was just a joke. And Ed Greenwood heard it. Nice. <laughs> he followed me on Twitter. Yeah. There you go, man. Oh, uh, God. That 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 was a blushing day. Uh, <laughs> but uh, let, uh, let's uh, let's uh, take a break here in the show uh, for some champions loot. Uh, and that this week's code is? This week's code is H-O-G-H-C-H-I-P-T-E-A-M. 
Put that code into Idle Champions on any of the numerous platforms that's available on and get a free Electrum chest on us to get some loot, some things, some stuff, kick evil's butt, hang out with champion friends, watch Idle Champions presents. They've still got some more weeks going through it. And if this is one the far flung future, they got a YouTube channel where you can watch that stuff. So, you know. I don't know why I did that. That was a weird thing to do. Anywho, uh, yeah, put that in, get some stuff, have some fun on Idle Champions. And now back to a past Trevor who still didn't set up a good joke. Thank you, future Trevor. Uh, this week's uh, DC Spotlight, I don't think is going to be any surprise, but it is you know, Anthony Joyce. Uh, and, and, I, and I asked Anthony out of everything that he has done, which one he wants you right now. Take out your phone and go look at Anthony. What, what do you got? I think out of all the products I have, the Blood Hunter is probably my favorite. And it's my favorite because it is an adventure that is specifically made for two people to play, one dungeon master and one player. So I made it during the COVID, the pandemic, because I knew a lot of couples or friends would be, you know, isolated together, you know, a brother and sister, uh, siblings, you know, and that adventure, I think, just has a lot of cinematic quality to it. Mm -hmm. There's music that goes to it. And what's really fun is I designed it specifically around the Blood Hunter class, and it allowed me to really draw out that theme and make it feel personal, I think, for the player. Um, and obviously, your podcast, when you played it, is kind of testament to how, <laughs> if anybody wants to know how to run it, if you're a DM, go back and listen to how Ali ran it. And I think that'll give you the perfect example of kind of what to do if you want to take uh, some notes. So the Blood Hunter, that's going to be my pick. Okay, okay. I, I mean, I agree. I've played it. That is a phenomenal adventure. And yeah, if you if you want to hear an amazing DM run that, go check out our episode because Allie did um, just an amazing job with it to the point that I was sitting there slack jawed at the table. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for the second part of the show, uh, we, we talked previously about a topic to do and you uh, mentioned uh, uh, tech and playing D&D. And... Alan and I have talked about a little bit uh, on the show, spe specifically when COVID was starting, about like how what tech we were going to use to keep running our games and whatnot. But there's so much more than that. Um, so where where do you want to start on this? What 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 tech do you like using for playing D anD D? So I use Roll Twenty. That's okay. my go to virtual tabletop, and then I also use D anD D Beyond. Uh, I have all my books on there. Uh, because it, as a designer, it's easy for me to reference. And as a player and a DM, it's also easy for me to reference. So I have seen the power that Roll20 can bring and uh, D&D Beyond to actually speeding up gameplay and making things run smoother. Mm -hmm. uh, where I see things going or where kind of I daydream and think about in the future, what could tech bring? I look at things like uh, augmented reality in terms oh, of, uh, you know, if you have your phones and you're in a dungeon, it could project the dungeon on the table. Uh, <laughs> you could have your characters walking around. Uh, you have... You're, you you're talking about Dwarven Forge. Uh, yeah, you know, so like yeah. You the Dwarven Forge tiles and set them yeah. out. Yeah, you know. Get your Hero Forge mini, throw them in there. <laughs> you know, I think, I think that'll be neat. There's some virtual tabletops that yep. are trying to do that kind of 3D vibe where you can set up a 3D uh, environment and then you have like the monsters moving. Um I also think being that in my military work and things I've seen unclassified, of course, you can read about it on, on the Internet, but like <laughs> artificial intelligence, right? That's becoming huge. Um, and I kind of wonder, you have these like solo D&D adventures out there that are written. And I wonder, can AI run adventures for us at one point where you can play 
as a player with an AI being the DM. Uh, what well, would there, that look there's, like? There's something slightly like that because the, the games are, are are pretty different from D&D, but I don't know if you're familiar with the, the Fantasy Flight games, uh, the Imperial Assault and uh, Descent. Yes. Um, yeah. They run with a DM-like thing, but it, the, the problem with it for me is it's very much DM versus player in that one. Yes. Um, but the thing is, is they've made apps where you can download adventures and it has it on the your iPad and it tells you what to do. Uh, and it, it so everyone gets to be a player and no one's in that adversarial spot. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think something like that could be a thing in the future. Yeah, it's going to, you know, I, I, I think if I was looking at where the market goes next, I just see, I don't know, technology. It's a weird paradigm, right? Because it's a tabletop role-playing game. So it's kind of yeah. like the... You don't want the technology there. Uh, and I get that for a lot of people. It's a way to disconnect from your phone and your computer mm-hmm. and just like chill around a table and hang out and, and have fun. And I think that's really what is appealing about D&D today and why it's growing is you, before video games was kind of like you didn't do it all the time. So it's kind of you when you got to go to your friend's house and play video games, it's really cool. But now everybody has like freaking computer in their pocket with the phone. Yeah. So now the cool thing is when you get to play with people in person, uh, and, but I do think that there's something with technology, whether it's going to be some applications on the phone that can integrate, uh, the gameplay, you know, again, Pokemon go, why can't I have oh a Pokemon go version of D and D? Right. Oh my God. And, yeah. Oh my God. I'm just saying, what if Anthony. I'm in the grocery store buying apples and an ogre spawns and I have to kill it, you know, and I gain oh a God. level. I'm sorry. I didn't answer store. your call. I was fighting a gelatinous cube in the park. <laughs> 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 yeah you know i mean and then you gotta it's just the 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 i think it's kind of the imagination is the boundless there with what you can do there, but there's um there's one there's a there's a app that i backed uh quite a while ago i'm on their discord it's called uh it's called fireball and I believe the intention for I'm actually opening up discord now to go to go there to take a look at it because I, I believe that the the intention of it is it is a way to do D&D more text based but with visuals in in an asynchronous kind of thing so you can mm. you're basically texting the adventure. But then when an encounter happens, like on the app, it comes up with the battlefield and you have your little guys and you can go over there, roll initiative and everything. Everything's done on your side, character sheet wise. Nice. Um, but I I really do like that idea. I think it's a little bit of a it's kind of a high tech, low tech thing, because, I mean, there's been there's been post by play for decades now mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i which i still can't wrap my head around someone once tried to get me into an email chain dnd game like i don't <laughs> understand what you're talking about oh. um but I, the the other ways of doing it like i do like the augmented reality one that that is really cool i, I, I can't <laughs> stop thinking about that now um but oh man i i there was another one that i had and then adhd brain took it away uh, <laughs> 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 um but oh oh that's what it was so like like imagine that there was like you, you got that that screen like you do for the fantasy flight games but whenever you go into a town or something you're able to like select where you go and then it brings up like a a dragon age style screen with an npc that oh, cool. says lines to you and it gives yeah. you options of things to say yeah 
I, I think that could be kind of cool, but I know that like it's still not role play enough because you're never going to I don't think you're ever going to be able to get to the point, at least in our lifetime, mm-hmm. that any kind of computer program is going to be able to handle just on the fly role play um, where I just say something to it and it has the character respond to me or something. You don't uh, think in our, you don't think in our lifetime? I mean, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I mean, there's that Google technology out there where they like call up, uh, make appointments for you. You won't even know it's a person. Or an oh AI, my I mean, gosh. yeah, there's some real, there's some weird stuff happening, man, in the AI realm. I'm just saying, you know, they'll be now. I'm not sure if it'll be applied to D and D first. Yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know if it'll yeah. be applied yeah. to D and D. Yeah, but I'm just saying, you know, might pick me up in an Uber, but <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's going to DM my Sunday game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um. So so. Taking it back to, to to now, what uh, so you use Roll Twenty and D D Beyond, and I have preached D D Beyond on this show oh, it's so, so much. Good. I, it's, so good. it's so freaking good. Like we're using it in the game that I that I'm playing in right now, and the fact that I can just hover over a keyword and it tells me what it is. The fact now that it's got the 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 dice chat, so like mm-hmm. you can see what other people in your campaign rolled on your screen. Yep, I I love it. Like I I do. I feel like they're gonna probably get the most uh um out of the 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 ip because obviously they've already got stuff going on with it and i've tried using roll 20 and i'm like i don't i don't have the patience i've i've tried (laughs) (laughs) yeah roll 20 can be steep learning curve uh there is a new widget that links dnd beyond to roll 20 so if you so what you can do is uh what what i use it for is i go on roll 20 and i just use the map and uh, the graphic piece, the overlay. But if you or have your D&D Beyond sheet open and you click a spell, it rolls it in Roll20 and does everything for you there. And oh. shows you. Yeah, so it's linked now. It's it's called Beyond20, I think. It's the, yeah, I have it here. That's Beyond20 Beyond cool. is the app. You can have it on Google Chrome, and it'll sync with Roll20 and D&D Beyond. And so whatever you do in D&D Beyond, it'll do in Roll20. Um, That's very cool. Yeah. Uh, are are you running a, a a published campaign on there? Or are you doing homebrew? I do. So right now, I'm not running any uh, adventures. I was running Descent into Avernus. I finished that up. Um, but I mainly run published products. I find okay. it Curse of Strahd. I love it. I've ran that twice. Um, I find that it helps me prep and just kind of jump in and, and, and do it. And if I want to tweak things, I'll, I'll do it on my own. I'll tweak things, make them a little bit spicy in my flavor, if you will. Um, yeah. Allie and I call it spicy combat. There you go. Spicy <laughs> combat. I like it. Uh, do, do you get the, uh, the, the roll 20 editions of the books for that? Yeah. So the ones I ro- run on roll 20, I'll buy the books. Cause it comes with everything preloaded in terms of the, like when I go to a, a map, a battle map, It'll have all the tokens already laid out. It'll have all the lines for dynamic lighting. So if you don't know what that is at home uh, and you're listening here, if you go on Roll20 online, so imagine you're playing and you have a token that represents your character. If you're a player, they'll give you a field of view that represents your in-game vision radius. So if you're mm-hmm. a human, it would be 30 feet uh, and no dark vision. You know, So if you're in a dark uh, cave, the dynamic lighting will make the whole cave black and dark to you unless you pull out a torch and then it'll light up the area around you and the walls will actually block your light. So it gives you that kind of like video gamey feel in a way, because mm-hmm. you can only see so much on the battle map. And then uh, it allows the, the DM to kind of move tokens around 
without being seen and then kind of run combat that way as well. It's pretty, pretty interesting. My my wife is going to be running Curse of Strahd in the next few months. And, I'm, and now you're getting me thinking, mm. like, mm, maybe I should mm. give that a shot. That, 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 that could be some fun. Yeah, it's a. Uh... It does save a lot of time for prep too. I'd recommend if you're, if you're like me, you know, I have three kids. Uh, my wife needs help all the time with when I get home from work, I'm mm-hmm. diving into dad duties. Uh, so my time is limited. So prepping for a session is just so much easier on Roll Twenty when I buy the actual module there because it does all the prep for me. So I want to be clear that. for listeners: we are not sponsored by Roll Twenty, unless you want to no. sponsor us, Roll Twenty. <laughs> I mean, you're more than welcome to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll 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 edit part of this. So you get the full <laughs> one when Roll Twenty, you know, it sponsors <laughs> us. Uh, but is there is there any other like is there any other tech that you found, especially during like COVID times? But I know you've been running games online before then that you found useful uh, for for DMing or I even think- playing. I think uh, Discord obviously is one that's, you know, must have for communication reasons. Uh, there are some bots that you can roll with if you don't want to use Roll20. I've, I've messed around with those where you can roll things in, in, in Discord. There's even apps that link now to D&D Beyond. There is a D&D, yeah. D&D Beyond bot for Discord that I've used with great success. I think it's called uh, Avra. Yeah. Something like that. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They officially bought it over. And like, oh really? Yeah, they so D, it's owned by D and D Beyond, now, I believe. Um, and I'm trying to think if there's any other tech on my phone. Uh, um, trying D and D Beyond kind of like took care of all that, probably because before D and D Beyond, I'd use some apps that kind of like had the monster manual in it. And oh yeah, things like that. They were like data files, but <laughs> yeah. Oh, I will say this about D and D Beyond that I can't share enough. I don't think it's really well known as much, but. Like if you're a DM like me and you buy all the stuff, uh, all the books and everything, like I have uh, the subscription where I can share all my content with yes. like up to 30 people. So that's crazy when you think about it. like the whole D&D library, let's say it's a thousand dollars, right? But I can share that with 30 something people. That's like $30,000 worth of product that I can make happen, you know, and I do that. So there's a lot of people that are friends of mine. Uh, other designers and i give them access to my campaign and they can oh yeah i've got i've got the friends campaign that's just for that yeah (laughs) i mean that thing is and and if you're a group and uh you want to pitch in for your dm i'm banging the table here wink wink nod nod you know (laughs) you all pitch in and you buy them dnd beyond books because you know what not only can the dm use it but then you can too you see it's win-win yeah. And, and and they they've got a they got gifting now, which uh, took yeah. them quite a bit to do. Yeah. Uh, actually, recently, uh, one of my friends helped me with a big tech issue with my computer, and uh, as things, I bought him a dice set on TNT Beyond. Uh-huh. It was really nice. funny. We were, we were playing in a game, and uh, one of the other players didn't know about other dice sets. He's like, "How do you get other dice sets?" And uh, Alex goes, "You help Trevor with the tech issue." Uh- <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah, I no, think, I, oh, I go, think go. one more thing I'll I'll add to is like Sirenscape for tech and music, mm. sounds, soundscapes. So if you're like me, I'm very, I like music is huge for me, both in terms of immersion when I'm playing and running a game. Yeah. And like when I design my adventures, you'll see a lot of my adventures are tied to music. Uh, so Sirenscape and things like that, that you can use to enhance your gameplay are pretty neat tech. Oh well, okay. I, I've got a question for you on that because you play online. How do you go about getting Sirenscape 
to everyone. There's you can do it through Discord with bots where it'll come in and it'll pick up an audio uh, track really? on your computer and then it'll play it for everybody. So it creates kind of like another audio input. Um, and that's how you do it. Yeah. You can have oh. bots for that. Mm-hmm. I, I need to look into that because, uh, again, my, my wife's going to run cursor out. She loves that stuff. Like oh, yeah. she, she is all into like the, the, you know, we got the beetle and grim box. She's like, Oh my God, handouts. Yes. Perfect. Yes, uh, and yes. she, she loves setting the mood. <laughs> yeah. And I think so the, the Sirenscape also, if you're playing in person, they have an app, uh, which has everything on. So you could play it through your, uh, if you have an elect an, an Alexa at home or mm-hmm. Google play or something like that, you can play it through your speakers, but and they have and started it's not that pricey. No, like, and, it's and, like 15 bucks to get all of the D and D stuff. Yep. Yep. And they've been tailored curating their playlists to actual adventures that are mm-hmm. watsy hardcovers when so. uh when we were doing uh, at the beginning of previously on the other show that we were doing for a bit i i had that and was putting sound effects from sirenscape in as we were talking about our games oh nice and i and i absolutely loved doing it It was just i don't have the time it's yeah. so, <laughs> it's a lot of work uh but yeah no sirenscape is absolutely fantastic for that yeah. stuff um I do want to add here at the end because some people may be thinking about this and, uh, you know, and, and it could lead and it's going to lead us into the next part of the conversation about if you wanted to podcast your game, uh, which is tech side of things. Um, it, it, like, let's say that you and your group are uh, like, I'll do post COVID first. We'll talk about that. Cause like, okay. So you, we get to a point where you're able to meet in person. You're all around the table. Yeah. Uh, Cause I know people will transition back to that. Mm-hmm. Legitimately. The suggestion I have for you is get a, uh, a blue Yeti mic. Blue is the brand, not the color. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now the thing that I'm going to stress here is don't just get the blue Yeti mic, get a boom and a shock mount for that sucker. Mm. clamp it to the table Mm. hang it upside down it will pick everyone up and that shock mount and that boom will make it so none of the little table bouncing arounds come in there because i tried to do that uh, a couple years ago where i recorded the table and everything my my friend was tapping his foot on the ground you could hear it oh no (laughs) it was it was the worst audio i think i've ever recorded and i started this show in my car Uh, (laughs) but uh but right now like let's say that you're all on discord and everything like that audacity is a free uh uh audio editing program it is what this show is uh, normally recorded and edited on. Like right now we're recording on Zencaster. That is another option though. If you have so many players, you might have to pay for it. Um, and you get all the audio and then, oh, I will tell you this. I'm going to give this piece because this is the one that a lot of people forget. If you're recording locally, clap. Because right now Zencaster, our audio is starting at the same time. So it's just going just gonna to sync everything up. But when you're all separated, you get everybody together, you put your hands up and you go, three, Two, one, uh, and then you sink it up through there. Nice. And nice. and well, <laughs> when Ally and I first started recording this uh, separately during COVID, well, there was an episode where we forgot to do that, and I had to sync it up by her making a joke and me laughing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not easy. Um, yeah, I and uh, then of course I've preached Anchor on here. Go to Anchor, make an account, and, and you can just start uploading your files. You they even have ways to make 
you know, uh, the free use album art that we had on here for way too long. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but speaking of starting a podcast, and we're getting towards the end of it, and I and I did want to give you a chance to talk about you. Yeah. just recently started a podcast. Yeah, thanks for uh, for for letting me talk about that. So I am a huge. I played EverQuest growing up back in 1999. I was, you know, I think the good like, old days. Yeah, I was like, a, I was like in seventh grade, a little jit kid, you know, like <laughs> right around. But uh, you know, I I grew up playing that thing. I loved it, and it's still around to this day. And so I uh, talked to my brother who lives in Florida. I'm in Kansas right now at Fort Leavenworth, and I said, you know, it'd be really cool to like. Uh, play again with my brother and then my two best friends. And I wanted to learn how to do podcasting. So I'm like, this would be kind of a cool thing to talk about our playthrough, our experiences, what we remember about EverQuest. And then I'll get the skill set of learning how to do my own podcast. So we started Return to EverQuest. Uh, we just had our second episode come out and we just talk about our little gnome. We made gnomes. We play, <laughs> we play gnome characters together and we revisit all the classic EverQuest zones. We talk about the lore um, and and kind of just what we're doing in the game. It's a great time. It's fun. And I like the experience of podcasts, like editing and uploading <laughs> it and adding all this stuff. It's just fun. I don't know. It's really cool. Another creative outlet. So yeah. uh, I'm enjoying it. And we have, if you want to follow that on Twitter, uh, it's return at return, the number two EQ. And uh, yeah, we're on iTunes it and everything. So. It was very, it was great watching the progression because your, your tweets are one of the few that get actually pushed to my timeline that I get to see often. And it was great watching the progression of like, I kind of want to play EverQuest again. How do I play EverQuest now? Oh, I found how to play EverQuest now. Oh, you're right. Maybe you're I right. should start a podcast. Like, it was great watching that oh, over wow. like the course of a week. Yeah. It's really funny. I didn't, I didn't even think about that, but you're totally right. Like, yeah, <laughs> it, there was there was this whole progression of, of just me because uh, stream of conscious sometimes on Twitter. Right. Yeah. I was kind of like shooting out into the ether and uh Wow, you're right. I didn't really it, think about it, that. When you, when you did the one where I was like, I kind of want to start a podcast. Like, I was straight up Emperor Palpatine in my bed. Just go, good, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so, so, well, how are you all playing EverQuest now? Because, like, I didn't actually see that part of it. How, how are you guys still? Because it, is it still going? Dude, it's still going. Like, there, the there, like there are expansions that come out still, like, once Are a year you? it is bananas yeah. from the original developers <laughs> yeah no i mean yeah, for this you know they got bought over by several other companies through time uh i think it, it just even a couple months ago got bought by a new company but they keep putting out expansions and more content so like when i played back in the day you know level 50 was the cap and then mm -hmm. it kind of slowly went up but now they're up to a, a level 110 and it oh is just God. like i'm like i'm like what so i go on there and uh yeah i mean it's like world of warcraft you know people are still playing that and yeah th this is another one like people just love these mmos that they grew up on uh whether for nostalgia or for the actual gameplay i mean there are thriving communities on there and i'm not talking about a little bit of people we're talking thousands daily that are still playing this thing man See, see, my my childhood MMO was Star Wars Galaxies, dude. I feel, yes, yes. I feel like if I if I feel like if I started a podcast about that, it would just be like four people, and they're just like, can't believe they ruined it with that expansion. <laughs> <laughs> that was the uh, was it when they made everybody Jedi's or something? That oh everybody my, got yeah, mad? <laughs> yeah. It was it was the Mustafar expansion, and mm -hmm. like I logged in there, and everyone's a freaking Jedi, and I'm like, 
No. My buddy had to grind 6 million (laughs) XP to even get into that force. (laughs) I feel like when that expansion came out, I could see all the like hardcore players doing the Obi-Wan. You were the chosen one. No, it was. You were my brother. (laughs) Yeah. And then, like, and like, I remember, like, getting hurt even more when I learned that, like, it was George Lucas who suggested that. And I'm like, George, oh, oh, no, no, <laughs> yeah, that 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 was that was my bread and butter. Like, I loved that thing. That that's like the closest I have to like any because I I know so many people that talk about EverQuest and like that that warm place in their heart they have for it. And that's the closest I can get to it because I didn't even know EverQuest was a thing. Like, I I think I heard about it in passing. Yeah. Um, Weren't there like? Didn't they make like play, players' guides for like each class? Wasn't that a thing, dude? There was like, yeah, there there was so much stuff when it came out because it was the it was the thing before World of Warcraft. It yeah. was the big King Daddy MMO. Um, oh, I think World of Warcraft got made because they were like, well, shit, we yeah, can do this. They did because before then they're like, you know, EverQuest came out and they're like, yeah, we're gonna charge people like fifteen bucks a month to play a game. People were like, yep. what the hell are you talking about? No one's gonna do that. And then, you know, they were making millions and millions of dollars. Oh yeah, they got tons of people, uh, and it worked. And it's uh, it's cool to also kind of go back and revisit an old game like that. And me now doing like narrative game design, looking at the game design oh, yeah. of the MMO. You know, like yeah. uh, I'll, I'll give an example here of like a dungeon. You know, uh, when you go into these old MMOs, you see the dungeon, they're populated with, uh, you know, four creatures in a room. And you're like, well, well, why is that? And then you look at, <laughs> well, back when the MMO came out, because some of the mechanics have changed now, like you gain health faster and mana faster now today. But in the original days, it was a really slow process. So you could only kill four monsters at a time. And then you have to wait like an hour healing <laughs> and meditating before you can do your next thing, you know? So it's kind of fun to, to see that, like the different game mechanics uh, they had and kind of compare it. So I love it. I love it. I, I haven't got a chance to, to listen to the show, but it is it is on my podcast list. So when yeah. I'm doing the dishes next, I'm popping. There that you in. go. Hopefully you enjoy <laughs> it. Appreciate it. Yeah. Well, Anthony, thank you so much for for joining. This was an absolute blast. I knew talking to you was going to be awesome, and it was just as awesome as I thought it would be. No, likewise. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. I you know love your guys' podcast show, and I love talking to you on Twitter and, and it's great to actually hang out and hopefully yeah. uh, one day we could do it in person. That'd be cool. Oh, oh yeah. yes. hundred percent. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, w- maybe, maybe we'll have you on uh, the show again sometime soon. Boom. Yeah. yeah. And if you ever uh, play EverQuest, maybe I'll bring you online. Okay. Yeah, I'm not yeah. going to lie. You talking right there. I was like, I mean, I could give it a shot. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we'll bring you on and tell us how, what you think of it. You know, I, I'll, I'll hit you up for a link layer. See, see, uh, yeah. see what, see what I can do. Yeah. Uh, but where, where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter. I am on there all the time. I re- I'm very active in responding. Uh, and that is at Thrawn589. And I have a website. It's uh, anthonydreams.com. There you'll find all of my D&D game design, my podcast, my uh, link to my Twitter or email. So that's kind of like the one-stop shop if you want to get a hold of me as well. And, what, and what's the podcast one more time? Return to EverQuest. Return to EverQuest. Well, thank you very much, Anthony. I, I, 
I can't wait to talk to you more. I, I want to talk to you more about stuff. Like, I, I hate that I have stuff to do after this, and we got a short show because I just want to keep talking about RPGs and stuff. Um, but that is going to do it for this week's episode. If you enjoyed it, the best way to support this show is by leaving a review on your podcast service of choice. And be sure to review and listen to Return to EverQuest. Because uh, remember, reviews matter. They actually do help. They're not just there for Joe Schmo to look at. <laughs> uh, if you want to keep up to date on the show, you can uh, follow us on Twitter at difficulty class and you can follow an inactive instagram at difficulty podcast uh if you have any <laughs> if you have any suggestions for topics questions or anything like that uh you can send them into difficulty class at gmail.com and we'd love to either talk to you about them or talk about them here on the show uh but uh until next week have a good game mm-hmm.